No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. Everyone, everyone hear each other okay? Headphones are turned down, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Good call. So, uh... Yeah. Good, good. So, uh, what, you know, what y'all been up to over the last couple of weeks? It's been, it's been a while. Work, work, work. I'm exhausted. I've been, uh, paying pretty close attention to the Republican primary races that are heating up. Like, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, Trump. It seriously feels like we have, like, like, democracies in crisis. I mean, yeah, they're all pretty bad. I mean, like, an existential threat. Like, anyway, I've been making a lot of calls. Who are you calling, buddy? I mean, you know, senators, congressmen. I, I called the White House. Uh, I said, how can I help? How can I help save democracy? Like, I I tried to volunteer for the Biden re-election campaign. I, I told them there's nobody out in this area in the sticks doing that, but they keep telling me that campaign doesn't exist yet, so just trying to figure it out. Wait, really? I mean, somebody has to. But you you hate Joe Biden. Brother, you know I love the earth. Have you heard about carbon capture? Biden wants to keep coal plants going, but with carbon capture. I'm sorry, what? It's a process in which the plants affix... No, I, I know what carbon capture is. I just thought you knew it was a scam? A scam? The only scam is thinking we have a right to complain if we don't work our tuchuses off getting the right guys in office to move the country whoa, in the whoa, right direction. Whoa, I... I've known you a long time, man, and I've never heard you say anything like that. I don't know what you're t- talking about, man. I've always been an activist. I'm just taking it to the next level. Like, when I called the White House about joining the campaign, they did promise to send me some bumper magnets. And they it's kind of cool. They use magnets now, so it doesn't hurt the resale value of my car. But they have Joe's name in big letters, bold letters, real activist stuff. There's some weird glare on your video, Rabbit. Charlie? Yeah, I see it too. What's what's going on with your face, man? Is that green jobs? That's the future of the American economy, right there. Build back better, baby. That no, man. That's not green jobs, and it's getting bigger. What's happening to your face? The Green Corps of Engineers, electric vehicles, cobalt. Elon Musk is opening up his charging stations to the rest of the electric fleet. He's, green military he's changing. That's right. Carbon neutral combat zone. Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. Uh, I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And today we're talking about 1974's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Charlie, you want to tell us what this movie's about? Angerus awakes. Something is amiss. He senses something is off in the balance of the universe. Without the ability of a complex language, he can only let out an anguished wail. 
Shortly later, a volcano erupts and throws out a Godzilla. Angerus, however, knows that there is something wrong with this Godzilla. Even though he looks the same, this is not his close friend of many, many years. He tries to stop this imposter, and a battle ensues, with Godzilla breaking Angerus's jaw just like a King Kong would, and Angerus calls out to his friend, the real Godzilla, as he goes into retreat. At first, Godzilla isn't going to respond. Then he sees that the imposter is attacking the oil refinery, dirtying his good name. First, it looks like it's a Godzilla vs. Godzilla match, until all of a sudden one sheds his skin. And it turns out that this is actually a cyborg version of Godzilla with awesome weapon, weapon capabilities. A mecha Godzilla, if you will. And I know you will. But as cool as it would be to be a cyborg version of Godzilla with awesome weapon capabilities, it isn't actually that awesome. Because this mecha Godzilla does not have autonomy, being as they are controlled by inhabitants of the Planet of the Apes. Forced to fight what they can only deem as either a father or a brother, Mechagodzilla and Godzilla deeply harm each other and both retreat, vowing to fight each other once again. But before that fight, an ancient monster known as King Caesar, a lion dragon dog dude, the scrappiest fighter in the world, a lame ass devoted to protecting nobility, is awakened from hibernation by a beautiful song. The bloodline is in danger. Caesar must fight Mechagodzilla to make sure that the Izumi royal family is not wiped out. Caesar is losing this battle. The bloodline looks doomed. Mechagodzilla is fully dedicated to ending monarchy, and he has the weaponry on his side to do it. But just as Godzilla can't stand oil refineries being attacked, he also can't stand monarchs being attacked. So, after being healed and magnified by lightning, he comes once again to fight his mechanical opponent. After a long and brutal fight, Caesar and Godzilla Utilizing Godzilla's new magnetic properties, destroy Mechagodzilla. As Mechagodzilla looks on, halfway okay with losing to what must be either his father or his brother, his <laughs> head is torn off. Torn off by Godzilla, who only saw Mechagodzilla as yet another opponent, doing too much to destroy the order of things. King Caesar goes back to hibernate and wait once again to defend his masters, and Godzilla retreats back to the sea to get high and get laid. <laughs> the end. Or, aliens come to conquer Earth by making a mech version of Godzilla. Also, an old Okinawa's artifact is discovered that releases King Caesar, just as a prophecy predicted. He teams up with Godzilla to defeat Mechagodzilla. The end. It's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, baby. I watched this movie with my friend who was in town who had never seen a Godzilla movie and didn't know much about them. And I told him it was going to be, it's called Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And he looked like really confused and shit. And only like after explaining a lot of it did he realize it wasn't like Islamic Mecha. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> so when we watched um Gigan, I think uh Charlie, you and I said that this is like our favorite that was our favorite Fukuda film, but I gotta I gotta change it to this one. It's so much fun. I like this one a lot. I kind of do, but I I wonder if it's just I'm just so fucking sick of these movies. And <laughs> I'm just <laughs> watching and I'm just like 
I just feel so dragged down by the Showa era of Godzilla. <laughs> I'm done with it. But I feel like, so this was, um, when you asked if I wanted to do the podcast, I like, went and watched a couple of movies. And this was the first one I watched. And I, was just, and I remember watching it then and being like, hell yeah. And there's still parts of it, uh, especially when Mechagodzilla is just fucking unloading his weaponry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I usually don't dislike the human stuff as much as most people. But I, I don't know. I I think it's I'm just dumb the show era. I think that's it. I don't think it's necessarily a reflection of the movie. I think I'm just a little uh, burned out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, I've had a long week, uh, week plus, so I'm just kind of exhausted already. Totally. Plus, you had to watch it like five times. That's That'll true. do it. That's true. If I have watched all the show era movies so far three times in a row, I would be burned <laughs> out as fuck. Uh, I like the human story in this one. I think it's fun. I think it's like well directed. I, I definitely liked the human story the first time I watched it, but rewatching it, I think the way it just does so many characters, and I don't find any of the characters particularly notable. And it just cuts in between them constantly to different plots going on that I don't know. I just, I gelled with the overall idea and plot behind the overall human story, but the way it was implemented um, just didn't work for me, I guess. Well, I think we'll get to this later, but one of the weird things about this to me is that they do just keep tacking on characters. Like people just keep Mm -hmm. showing up, you know, so there's, is it is it weird to like go over this like who appears and where and when? There's nothing weird. Excellent. We're, we're going. So we're in the wild. There's yeah. the island yeah. where there's. Is it weird to do something uh, with this insane fucking movie? No, okay. nothing will be as will appear weird to this fucking movie. So there's the two. I think they're reporters. That's what the two initial guys are right well the two original guys are the shimizu brothers kaisuke is working on a marine exhibit and masahiko is spelunking or like cave diving okay so he's just like a tourist okay so there's the two initial brothers and then the the two like main okinawan characters that we meet i think it's nami and grandpa and grandpa yeah (laughs) yeah. uh and then the the two brothers split up and uh, we meet a a woman archaeologist who they're they're really shocked to. Yeah, they're like you, <laughs> and I like that they're shocked that she's not a reporter. And I'm like, I'm starting to wonder: is women being a reporter not a Godzilla movie trope? Is it like a Japanese thing, or are they just like in the Godzilla universe where they're like, you're the only woman, you must be a reporter? <laughs> I don't know. So we have the archaeologist who meets one of the brothers on the plane. And we also meet the first mysterious character, the Interpol agent, which we originally eventually learned. And then the the one brother and the archaeologist meet the uncle, and the other brother is going to who's a scientist. And then they so the the uncle is Professor Wagura, the archaeologist is Seiko Saeko, and then the new one is scientist is Professor Professor Miyajima. Yes. And then there's yeah, then there's a second scientist uh, that the second brother goes to, which feels like a stable cast until you know there's, there's... <laughs> it doesn't feel stable though it's like two of everything. Well, okay, I <laughs> wait, think... oh yeah, huh? Okay, okay. And so 
then we have you know we have the uh the alien thief um who we learn is a gorilla in disguise which i think is pretty cool and as a little i watched this movie this is maybe the first godzilla movie i saw nice and it kind of frightened me the godzilla or the uh gorilla men kind of frightened me you know we're apes barto that's true yeah that's true yeah your uncle was an ape. Yeah, just think think about that. Yeah, think about your uncle. Just just that's just one generation behind you. <laughs> that was an ape. <laughs> anyway, go on. And then so then it gets a little confusing because then they go back to the island and suddenly one Wait, of hold on. then it gets a little confusing. <laughs> yes. I think it's it's yeah. then when it gets a little confusing because not, they go in back. In my to... version, they're calling both the brothers their last name over and over. <laughs> How is it not confusing already? <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, sorry. it's very funny. What that sounds make like makes it sound much more difficult. Um but suddenly the one of the professors daughters is with them on the island which it's very unclear she was in the scene before though too she's in the apartment oh is she really yeah oh. kiku i think oh her name you're is. right oh no Iki. oh i forgot i didn't write that one ikuko but her appearance is completely like use there's no reason for yeah. her to be there at all totally except wow somebody doesn't like women except <laughs> to have a second person yeah totally and then a second Interpol agent arrives. Um, this is a good wait, and I just want to point out one thing. Tamara, when you huh? see the first professor with girl, you're like, oh my god, it's uh, Hiroshi Koizumi from Mothra, one of the most famous actors in the series. And then you meet the second scientist, Miyajima, and you're like, oh my god, it's Akihiko Harada, Sarazawa, like the other most famous, one of the other most famous people from it. So there's a parallel there too. So. I guess the point, uh, it the plot moves pretty sl- smoothly to me. All in all, I wasn't too thrown off by like what was going on. Like the introduction of the daughter really threw me off because there was no exposition about her at all. I just, I just have to say, up to that point, I had no idea who anyone was. Oh. I was completely lost. Last night, I had to go slowly watch the movie while pausing while reading the wikipedia to figure out all the things that i have yeah. written down here of who who is who wow i i i, I completely understood the plot and all the different plot yes. points i did not understand what characters were doing what yeah same <laughs> like i had dumb cop of the week and praxis award for people whose names i had no idea <laughs> okay but anyway i'm you were following it we generally had the plot but then well i mean but but I liked what they were doing with it because I, I think this is the most Twin Peaksy Godzilla movie. <laughs> Far and away. Speaking I'm of which, feeling that. tomorrow night I'm going to see a Firewalks with me in theater. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I saw that in the theater once. It was great. Did you? Yeah, the um, me and my friend watched, we binged all of Twin Peaks. Uh-huh. And the day that we finished Twin Peaks, we were like, what's next? Oh, there's a movie? And we Googled it, and it was playing That's at amazing. midnight. And I went in, we went and watched it that night. That's wow. so awesome. I, 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 there was only two tickets left, and they are both front row tickets. But uh, I think this year, the front row isn't that bad. And um, I've never front seen it. Front row them, walk and, with me. And it's my favorite tv series ever so did you say you've never seen it before no no, no. i've never seen it in theater oh, oh okay okay yeah yeah um i mean to be 
honest, I'm not that big a fan of the movie, but it's, it's what, good oh, to see I theaters and you love, the love movie. it. Yeah, it's up your alley. Um, but I like that they like really committed to this doubling because it's going on everywhere. It's throughout. That's so interesting. The whole movie. I didn't even think of that in terms of the uh, the characters being doubled. The characters are doubled. There's the 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 sun is. They have the east and west sun. They, they have, have the right. statue and the fake statue. They have the real You're statue right. and the fake statue. Oh wait, y'all, 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 y'all. And they have Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla. You ever think of that? That is the a subtle one, but it, it is in there. I didn't think of that at all either. David Collat points out that uh, yeah, mistaken identity is a theme in this. So kind of different than what you're saying about the doubles, but then then he also points out Goji at, or Godzilla um, mistaken it for the Doomsday Monster and uh, apes, uh, mis- ape aliens mistaken for humans. Interesting. And uh, Interpol agent mistaken as a villain. A thief mistaken for an alien and like the, um, uh, the uh, yeah, like you said, the statue, one of them's actually fake, just like mm. Godzilla is fake. Interesting. They, I liked the, the juxtaposition, you know, again, we're doing, there's kind of like this opposites thing. It, they don't commit to the opposites, which I kind of wish they did a little more, but I liked that they had like, the space guys underground and a mountain in the sky and oh, like whoa. you know like there's there's all that's this, very cool there's all this mm-hmm. stuff going on that i thought they don't ever put this much like put these little yeah. nuggets in this movie and i thought that was very fucking cool that is i mean this movie definitely is a return to form like i know that they were sorry i'm gonna cite sources uh just because I know I'm referencing it. I, yet again, I watched, uh, I think, Big Action Bill is his name, YouTube history of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Um, also later going to be mentioning stuff from the Kaiju film by Jason Barr, a book. Oh, and I'll just throw in that I was referencing just their um, critical history of the Godzilla franchise by David Klatt. I know that they really wanted to they had like thought that they had kind of gone way too off the rails with Godzilla and wanted to bring it back mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how to make Godzilla the bad guy again but they couldn't and so they did Mecha Godzilla as fake Godzilla to to like let Godzilla destroy shit and be evil again for a little bit okay um, and it feels like a return to form in that and also in just it being more like adult i guess and also like a little deeper and a little less silly and less stock footage and all that stuff yeah megalon was the um worst uh box office performance of all the yeah. Godzilla movies up to that point but um yeah you brought up how they want to make godzilla be bad but they couldn't figure out how i yeah because plot wise that whole thing where it's uh mecha godzilla is pretending to be godzilla like makes no sense and it barely lasts at all yeah <laughs> So I, I guess uh, knowing that makes a little bit more sense to me. <laughs> but totally. Even when I first watched this, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, "Why was he pretending to be God?" Like that would, would make more sense if it was a bigger plot point that lasted longer. And they're like, "Oh, we're trying to trick you into thinking Godzilla is bad," but that wasn't yeah. the case at all. <laughs> yeah, in the movie's context, it, the motivation for that it doesn't make sense, but in the meta context of it, yes. yeah, totally. 
very unclear why any of that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I wonder. I like this doubling thing. I don't know if it means anything or is just like, this is a movie where there's doubling, so let's double and yeah. triple the doubling. It's, like, it's just committing your pleasure, to a bit. Double your fun. It, and and that, that's the thing we've been talking a lot about, and I've been complaining a lot about it. I've been listening to myself complain about this in in previous episodes, and I'm, I'm done complaining uh, because they have committed to a bit. They... They yeah. they touch on things so often and then they just let them flutter off. But not this time. Yep. They... Hell yeah. That's great. Another thing that this is where my mind went was uh, according to that YouTube series in Japan at the time, it was very prominent that you would have a bunch of different characters. Like for anything that needed to happen, you added another character. Anytime you needed to turn the plot, you added another character. And Americans were really used to just a few characters who did everything. And that like he was even said in his video and I felt the same way. I'd gotten kind of used to the small cast where like I kind of really liked like Gigan and only having those three people I could follow. And I guess at least according to that video, that is a very trendy thing or normal thing to do in Japanese cinema at the time and is definitely hard for me to fucking keep track. And it kind of reminded me of Destroy All Monsters where I was just like, why is there so many things happening? I don't know who anyone is. Um, and it's almost like you remember acts instead of you remembering a single character and how they change. There's not really character arcs, which I think is true of this movie and, and does hold it back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, the plot is hollow. Like there's there's no yeah. growth. There's you know, no one learns anything. But like watching it and just like it feels I think like a Mechagodzilla learned a lot. I mean what <laughs> Mechagodzilla did learn a lot. Don't yeah, fuck around and find out is is what no, he No no. He did not have full control of himself. So he learns about being dominated and being controlled. And he learns about fighting against someone who is obviously the same as him in many ways. And I think there's something existentially going on there. <laughs> <laughs> can, can he learn, though, even? I mean, he's just like Jet Jaguar pre-consciousness, right? He's just controlled. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bert, did, you have a, did you have a point? I don't think so. Uh, okay, cool. No, I, I, I mean, it's, uh, I, it's like the, the plot is fun to me even though even if it's not like like if a, a college class on screenwriting would be like this is bad you know yes. this doesn't like have any of the like things that you're supposed to do with characters but it does have lots of chase chases that are well directed it has knife play it has someone gets shot in the face I know, and there's actual like blood and stuff in this. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I really should emphasize that because I, I really felt like it came off negative there. I think it. My opinions on this are very much formed by just being exhausted physically uh, after the last week, week and a half I've had, as well as just exhausted with these chill air like Godzilla movies. Um, and I definitely appreciated a lot more of the last time I watched this movie. Because uh, I agree with you. Even just thinking about the plot, um, like, oh yeah, that, that's a fun plot. And there's lots of fun stuff. And there's lots of different uh, action and adventure in this movie than there are in a lot of uh, Godzilla movies. And there's more gore in this, uh, yeah. which I also always appreciate. Yeah. 
one of the things I really liked that contrasted this to early Showa era, not necessarily Godzilla, but Toho Kaiju movies, was um, I liked that the the professors, like the scientists, the archaeologists, like everybody just believed the prophecy. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Varan or uh, the, the Gamma movie Baragon where people were like, oh, these silly natives have their silly ideas. They were just like, oh, shit, that's the prophecy. That's going to lead us in the right direction. OK, let's check out what the hieroglyphics say on these weird on these tattooed bodies. And let's follow the thing to figure out. Like, I liked that. Yes, um, but the one time they automatically believe him is when that prophecy is coming from the royal family. So I'm going to push I'm going to push back on this cuz I King Caesar was my cop of the week until I rewatched it and I was like the royal family and its subjects and its people from the outside who are trying to conquer all the people. So I don't think it's actually just keeping the family line in line. I think it's yes, they, it was pushed forward by the people who would be in charge at the time the royal family and that's gross, but King Caesar's protecting Okinawa from outside threats. I think King Caesar is protecting the royal family from outside threats and that therefore it just he just also happens to be protecting the subjects of the family. King Caesar is an anti imperialist, dude. The the Okinawans yeah, that are makes like sense. the guy named King is an anti imperialist. <laughs> <laughs> the the Okinawans I mean the the I don't like have like a in depth history of the relationship between Japan and its prefectures but you know like there's and it's been a big thing in the in um Japan recently as like Japan like the prime minister in 2021 I think was like Japan is the only place that's for 2000 years has survived as a monoculture you know and mm-hmm. and that a lot of people on Okinawa would really disagree with that. And uh, they aren't considered like a minority population or anything like that, even though they're very culturally and, you know, this doesn't matter, but like genetically distinct from mainlanders. And people are also, you know, despite considering them Japanese, people are like really racist to people from uh like indigenous people from okinawa then they sort of like hint at that in this movie a little bit i didn't catch the hints like i i assumed that mecha godzilla and the aliens were supposed to be like the united states because it just made sense but and i found some reading later i want to share that goes into the stuff you're saying but what were the hints you saw in the movie itself near the end of the movie when they're trying to get the statue back and the point or back to like the the place to summon King Caesar, Grandpa and wh- what's her name? I'm sorry, Nami. Uh, Nami, Nami, I think. Grandpa and Nami. And Grandpa's what my subtitle said. They also spelled Caesar S E E S A R. So who knows? <laughs> I, I think they called him Grandpa in in mine okay, too. Cool. You know, they say like none of this would have happened if it wasn't for you yeah. mainlanders. That's right. I feel like they hinted. I mean, they, you know, in the very beginning of the movie, they're doing this like ritual dance of some kind. And it's just like they're being other, they're being photographed. They're, you know, they're doing it as like a tourist display. Like they're making this like distinction 
between like people from the mainland and people from Okinawa. Totally. Which is, again, I think the sort of like kind of maybe plays into this like idea of like identities and like doubling and there's something else over there. No, that's a really good, that's a really good thing you noticed. Um, Related to that, I just, just talking about uh, the statue, can y'all, I don't really understand was just, they had this whole thing with the statue and the prophecy, but all it did was move the rock away. And then King Caesar's still asleep, and then she has mm-hmm. to sing to him. Which brings me to the point that I wanted to raise. You guys talk about how King Caesar's all good and loves all the people. Motherfucker would have just sat there sleeping unless the princess got <laughs> up and sang to him. Otherwise, he would have that, let everyone on the island die. No, he had to wait perfect. for the princess right. to sing to him. Totally. I just felt like it was so weird that they went through almost the whole movie's effort to do what a jackhammer could do, yeah. <laughs> and then he just had to sing to him. I mean, not even a jackhammer could do what a Godzilla could have done. And, Godzilla yeah. has fucking rock here. But, right? And how creepy did King Caesar look staring at her asleep? Oh, <laughs> I dug it. But, I mean, it's like, um, it's like Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, like... You know, they knew King Caesar was around somewhere, but they didn't know where he was. And so you get the thing. Sure. Oh, In I fact, see. Okay. They really stole that whole. It, I think Indiana Jones kind of ripped off this movie. Wow. Mm. Fuck yeah. I like that. Because later God's, uh, Godzilla movie totally rips off it Indiana Jones. It sure fucking Dune, does. So, <laughs> fuck yeah. Uh, Charlie, to your point, though, I will say at the end. The grandpa does say the thing you said, Bartow, about, like, it's your fault because you did this. But then he also says, now the royal family can sleep, rest in peace. And it's like, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah, 100%. In the opening credits, what happens? Oh, yeah. Think the, there, there's, like, an explosion around where King Caesar is. And Geras, uh, like, cries. And then there's an explosion, I guess, on Mount... Is it where King Caesar is, or is it on Mount Fuji where Mexico comes from? I thought there was like an explosion, a bunch of lightning around where King Caesar is later revealed to be, um, and then I there's think like it's a Mount Godzilla Fuji cry. where Mechagodzilla comes out. Because the next time we see the fireworks, it's Mount Fuji, and a boulder comes out, and Mechagodzilla comes out of that. Yeah, but I could have sworn because I was just playing it right before we started that the opening credits. Like there's like an explosion and lightning around where King Caesar is. Huh. And, uh, I I read that as where. Mechagodzilla was because that's also like where we found Angerus later. You know, he was mm-hmm. hanging out on the mainland. Yeah. But I don't know. There's hella mountain explosions in this movie. So it gets. It does get confusing and lots of fireworks. I have a thing I wanted to bring up uh, on the, the Okinawa stuff. Is this a cool time to do that? Yeah, please. Um, this is again from the Kaiju film, A Critical Study of Cinema's Biggest Monsters by Jason Barr. So first it's talking about how basically all the alien threats in the show era have been about the tension of like the US as invaders and like all that comes with that, which we've talked about in other episodes. But the most pointed criticism of American in- interference can be found in Godzilla Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Although critics and some fans often deride it as cheesy, there's an abundance of evidence that insinuates a deep criticism of American political and economic interference. Indeed, Okinawa has long been a hotspot of tension between the Japanese and American governments, starting immediately after World War II, 
when the United States plopped, plopped a large number of military bases on the island and then, in the 1950s, began to send nuclear weapons to those bases in anticipation of a possible Soviet nuclear strike. At this time, Okinawa was being used as a, quote, bargaining chip in ongoing diplomatic discussions between the United States and Japan. During this period of military occupation of Okinawa, the United States clear-cut forests and allowed communal lands to become commercial, two American missteps that roughly trod over Okinawan beliefs and traditions. Mechagodzilla, under the control of the simians, can be seen as an extension of American aggression in Okinawa. The film, in a rarity for the time period given the typical tiny budget for these productions, features on-location shooting of Okinawa, and also consistently refers to Okinawan heritage, including King Caesar, the Shisa tasked with protecting the island from outside aggression. The stars of the film, Godzilla and King Caesar, Japan and Okinawa, unite in order to repel the deadly and intensely aggressive Mechagodzilla, eventually emerging victorious by ripping the robot's head off and sending his body into the sea, which was rad, that was my editorialization. In this regard, Tradition wins. King Caesar, along with help from his newfound ally, successfully protects the island, a clear example of contemporary wish fulfillment for the Japanese, and in particular, the Okinawans. The alliance between Godzilla and King Caesar, however, is a temporary one, and an alliance born out of necessity. In a larger sense, so is the tie between Japan and Okinawa, in which Okinawa is, quote, both different and same within Japanese national identity ultimately confining it to the regimes of knowledge that rob Okinawa of its alterity." Unquote from, uh, yeah. Thus, the peaceful alliance between Caesar and Godzilla, two physically different kaiju, can be seen as representative of the tenuous relationship between Japan and Okinawa. They are united but different. Little wonder, then, that Caesar returns to sleep at the end of the film. Although he has a relationship with Godzilla, his true role lies with protecting Okinawa, not Japan. This is like our one of our most major military bases is stationed in Okinawa. Yeah, and it's a huge problem. And Japan is who allows them to be there. Yeah, and there's constant complaints about how the American soldiers constantly fuck with the people who live there. So it, it does feel like a... Uh, I mean, there can be a mix, right? You can have mm. King Caesar be too focused on, you know, the royal history of Okinawa. Like, you know, there's probably people who believe Okinawa should go back to its old government structure, whatever that was, in a way that might be problematic to some people, but also that Jap Japan is fucking with them and shouldn't be, and at least King Caesar agrees on that point. That's that's a that's a very cool reading of this and like tracks perfectly with me. And also just like tracks thematically with this again, this distinction between this the shadow of Mechagodzilla and and Godzilla, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, I watched this movie being like, other than the aliens always being like colonizers or conquerors, I don't really know politically what I like. Generally, when I think of Mechagodzilla, I think of like human versus nature, going back to also like the anti machine stuff we talked about in uh uh like Tetsuo and some other movies. But it wasn't till like reading this that I even noticed the part you brought up, uh, Barto, about Okinawan heritage because I knew nothing about that stuff. So that that is really cool and and puts a different side to this onto this movie for me. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about uh, the difference between Okinawans and uh, like mainland Japanese. I, I don't know. Same, but now the royal family can rest in peace, right, Thank fellas? Goodness. <laughs> 
The other the other neat thing that comes up when I watched this like a year ago, the I didn't like think about any of this shit. But I did think about how there's like um a dialectical resolution between King Caesar uh and Mecha Godzilla in Godzilla himself. You get this like this old god of like ancient you know, traditions and stuff like that. And then we get this new mechanical human made uh, or not human, but alien made, mm. you know, uh, destroyer. And in the middle, Godzilla like fits perfectly in the middle of that because he is also like a result of human intervention, but is, is, you know, of the earth in some way. Yeah. And he's an iguana. And big iguana, <laughs> uh, but I I just thought it was cool that you there's this there's this uh, and you needed Godzilla you needed that that resolution to like make this this plot happen King Caesar couldn't have have done this alone hell yeah yeah I'm too scared of the word dialectic to uh, to agree with that that it's dialectic because I think it's so loaded i'm like that's a synthesis though and that's i don't know but i know what you're saying like yeah you have so king caesar's the one side is what you're saying and the other side's mecha godzilla and godzilla's kind of part man-made part nature did i say that all wrong yeah that is what i meant yeah one is the thesis one is the anti i think that's what you said i was just trying to make sure that i got it no you definitely did hell yeah that is super interesting uh, King Caesar is so stupid looking and so silly and so not my cup of tea when it comes to the kaiju that it's hard for me to think deeply about him. So all this stuff, like, you know what I mean? He's just like, he looks it's like, like he's like the lion from Wizard of Oz. He looks like a shit. fraggle. He's yeah. like a lion dog beast, but anthropomorphic. Yeah. And- He's very uh he's a he's like the scrappiest fighter, right? He's, he's yeah. so scrappy. He he looks he, he, out of He place. looks like he's in the musical cats. Yeah. yeah. But I like yeah. him. I I don't know. He he appeals to me in in some he way. He appeals to me too. I get why he's not popular, I guess, but I don't know. I I liked him when I first watched this and I I still like him now. Uh, I I love his reflecting attack where he can absorb things and shoot it back. It's so underutilized, but it's really cool. One of the things I liked about him as like being distinct from basically yeah. all the other Toho monsters, he except for maybe um, Frankenstein. Is he the first mammal other than, I guess, Frankenstein in this series? I think so. That might be why it's so weird. You think yeah. uh, he could be milked? <laughs> he is... Oh, man. His nipples. Hold on, Google break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he can be milked. We're back. Yeah. Um, King Caesar has nipples. He can be milked. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> but it, he is a king. He looks <laughs> older than the other. You know, he looks different than all the other kaiju. Yeah. You know, he is from a different time altogether when kaiju were sometimes mammals. You know, the the megafauna of yore. He's based on, I, I wish I knew the name, but it's like the guardian lions, the Chinese guardian lion, right? Like those That's statues. what I was thinking when I saw him. Um, I can't think of that either. But yeah, you're right, Barto. Like, when I see him, I'm like, this is what they took from us. <laughs> Return. <laughs> Have you all seen Final Wars? I can't remember. No. 
No. Okay, do y'all know the premise of Final Wars? No. Nope. Okay, basically, Godzilla fights everyone. Like, he just destroys, like, everybody. Like, that's the whole idea, is it's just ridiculous. Like, they just keep dropping bad guys in, and he just destroys them in, like, one hit. Like, it's fucking bonkers. It's insane. Get really high, watch it, it's great. But anyway, in that one, King Caesar is destroying Okinawa. Whoa. It's such a weird choice. Interesting. I didn't know King Caesar ever came back. That's the only time? That I remember. I think that's the only time. I mean, if somebody comes back only once, it's Final Wars. Like, the movie is fucking bonkers. Uh, But, yeah, he destroying Okinawa, and I think somebody... I can't remember if Godzilla stops him or the military tries to stop him or what, but I just thought that was such a weird fucking choice, and I don't know if that means anything, but it's there. Hmm. Interesting. I can't wait to come back to that. I'm so excited yeah. for Final Wars, and I probably won't watch it until we get there. So I'm I'm fucking I'm jazzed. S- I'm sorry if I spoiled the premise. No, that's um, fine. It's forever until we get there. When is that? Ninety eight? You said? No, it's two thousand four. Okay, um, we'll we'll do it as if it's ninety eight. <laughs> we'll just switch also, that with the American Godzilla. One of the crazy things is like Charlie. I remember a couple movies ago. I was like, you know, we don't. It's nineteen whatever sixty eight or something, and we don't get Mothra again till ninety two, and that felt so long. We're in nineteen seventy four. We're only like four movies from ninety two. Really? There's that many. There's barely any movies in the eighties. Terror of Mechagodzilla is seventy five. Yeah. Return of Godzilla is eighty four. Oh. Eighty nine is Beolante. And wow. then Mothra, four, four movies till 92 for Godzilla. In my head, I was like, Heisei era is probably like 60% 80s movies. It's Nope, it's two 80s wow. movies and it's only seven movies total. Yeah. And Millennium Era starts in the 90s, 99. Heisei era is there I'm most uh, excited for, but... um, It's so good. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just assumed there were more movies in the 80s. I think you'll like it, but the fact that this one made you a little burned out scared me. I was like... Do we need to take a break before Heisei era? It's not that different. <laughs> like, but we'll see. I think it's to be very different. All these movies have like the same overall look and feel to them, even when they're very different. Sure. Literally everything outside the first two, I feel like all the Shoah movies very much feel of the same piece and vibe, even when they're very, very different overall. Even still like similar palettes similar aesthetics um the palettes and like the effects i'll give you that for sure yeah anyway um well we just did a bunch on king caesar should we talk about some of the other monsters in this Angerus makes me sad like on a real yeah like he's a tragic creature and i <laughs> I, I keep thinking about like like um what did I write down? I said, oh, I said, Angerus is a lonely soul. If he had a mother, she'd agonize over him. You hear that, Angerus? You're a fucking loser. That's no. Isn't the last time we saw him was so he could fall into a fissure in the earth? Like, I think he just dies all the time now. Loser. And there was the movie where he, like, showed up just to get destroyed by the military yeah. and ran back home. Yeah. They should put him in a red shirt. <laughs> nice. Star Trek reference. Love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he feels almost the most human to me like yes. i could empathize with his plight more than almost any of these other creatures i i like how he's like 
Godzilla, come! I can't take on this 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 fake Godzilla. I'm weak. I can't take him yeah. on. He did his best. He jumped into. He could have stayed hidden underground, but he he jumped up to to do the right thing, and it he just a lot of good that did. Yeah, he's just not that tough. He looks very imposing, <laughs> yes. but he cries. <laughs> yeah. Also, zooming out. He's a tragic figure, like, in the whole series, because, like, he seems like he should have been one of the big five, like, the the monsters that are in every era, Mm. but he just stops. Like, I mean, he's back sometimes, but he's not in Heisei once. Like, he's... Is Rodan in the big five? Yeah. Okay. It just, it it does feel like he, he just became, like, Godzilla's friend who, he's like the henchman who gets beat up before you get to the boss. Yeah. I uh, I loved how um, the character is like, Angus is fighting Godzilla, one of his oldest friends. That doesn't seem right. It's like, what the? F- how the fuck do you know that they're old friends? They I think the, the most movie. publicized uh, account of Angus would have been him and Godzilla fighting. Yeah. <laughs> There's documentaries about Monster Island. They're like our planet Earth. <laughs> they're all watching them. Yeah, maybe there's like a regular like every monday update on monster island <laughs> this is a recent footage we shot on monster island i mean that would be a banger of a tv show so i don't see why not i mean his face getting ripped open is probably Dude. the most brutal thing we've seen in any godzilla movie do you think that's supposed to be a king kong reference i took it that way yeah that's i feel like it has to be that's what he does to the uh t-rex right yeah 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 that's the first thing I jaws. thought. It's so brutal. So it's like brutal. Not just blood, but the blood is like thick, like it has pieces of like brain and tissue in yeah. it. Like it's so thick. Have you ever opened your mouth like way too wide to get a bite of a big fucking honking burger? And you just your jaw just fucking hurts for like five minutes. You're just like ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Man, imagine that just like increased by two. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had an angus burger <laughs> an angus burger i'm so sorry no that was a good one i fully agree barto hella tragic like and it does feel like his like godzilla has his famous roar Ghidorah has his famous BDBD and Angus has his famous whimper. It's not a whimper. It's like it's a cry. It's yeah, you know, it's a yeah. whale. Like yeah, it's, in my synopsis, I called it a whale. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and yeah, I don't know. It evokes something in me. Like he's, mm-hmm. I, I guess he doesn't. I can't quite say he has an arc, but he is. He is the one guy in godzilla that like i feel like i'm following him as he's going like he's not yeah you know we i i think this makes what you're saying he's basically he's a lot like me he's a lot like yeah i think i see him i'm like there's charlie again wailing at the sky in the midst of a thunderstorm for for good reason for good reason yeah because life Mm -hmm. has been hard Hard for yeah, Charlie. I'm, I'm trying to point out the wrongs that everyone else is ignoring. <laughs> <laughs> trying to point out the imposters. Angerus hates imposters. He does. <laughs> Despises I, them. It 
yeah, he feels very throwaway. He feels very sad. He feels almost like he needs like a sitcom spinoff or something. Like he doesn't fit in this universe anymore and he just keeps getting monsters thrown at him. And like, you know, he's from like the, the, the forgotten Godzilla movie. Like Raids Again is more forgotten than Megalon, than, than Son of Godzilla. It's the most like who cares movie, but he just keeps showing up at every time he doesn't matter. <laughs> It yeah, it's so interesting how the movie starts with him wailing and explosions, and then it's just like awesome title cards and music, like fl- flying in and out. Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla, and it's like really that was the precursor was just this crying mm-hmm. sidekick thing. I don't yeah. know. It was interesting. I thought it was like a, a thematically confusing. Like I don't get how it fit into anything, but I thought it was a, like a cool way to get the movie going. It yes. was like yeah. it was really well lit. It was very dramatic, and again, it like evoked something in me. Yeah, very super, super intriguing. Yeah, yeah, but also confusing. Like, why did that? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is he sad? Speaking of monsters that are barely in the movie, I have two that I want to mention. One, Ghidorah. Very weird that her flashback or prophecy vision had Ghidorah's head shooting lightning for a second. Very confusing. That was very weird. Other monster I think that, I missed that isn't even in the movie that you'd think would be in the movie is the military. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too. I don't... Not a monster, the heart and soul of any country. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Mecha Charlie! Uh... <laughs> It's weird that they just never try even. In Megalon, they show up for like a weird, uh, you know, vision yeah. on the side. I guess they're like Interpol's on the job. Oh, hell, <laughs> you're right. They're like, hey, this is an undercover situation. <laughs> Let's stay out of it. Well, maybe they're like, oh, shit, it's Godzilla again. We know he fucks us up every time we try to mess with him. We'll just let him go. Yeah. Well, and then they're like, movie. oh shit, it wasn't even Godzilla. I guess we could never do that again. So, um, <laughs> Mecha Godzilla does show up on the mainland initially, right? That's where we like first see him, right? I think so. And then otherwise, he's on. I mean, I guess it makes sense that the military it does make sense that the military doesn't show up if we're if we're taking the position that that Mechagodzilla, like, is the U.S. military. I Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, they can't. But but that hasn't been true in older movies. But yeah. yeah. I get what you mean. The Japanese defense forces can't wouldn't couldn't stand up to the U.S. military. That would be a death wish for the country. Yeah. I mean, it would, and would probably be illegal, you know, like. Yeah. But. Totally. But yeah, their, I mean, their absence Yeah, but that doesn't really fit when you're trying to plot into a movie yeah no certainly not it 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 is weird that the only thematically works yeah yeah yeah. which is fine you know good a A for effort if that's what they yeah they're they're keeping they're they're keeping their themes solid yeah like you said can we just talk about mechagodzilla a little more uh yeah this dude's fucking cool as hell like so cool and you kind of think just just like, like, oh, Mecha Godzilla, Cyborg version of Godzilla, you're like, oh, that's the laziest fucking thing. But he's so fucking cool and so different. Yeah, I love him. 
they really went all out at making him different than Godzilla. Just just the same in terms of, you know, some visual similarities in this, his structure. But, yeah, he's just like the ultimate fucking weapon. He has more missiles than his body can contain. Yes. And it is, like, cool, right. the, the shot of him or the couple of shots of him just, like, letting everything out of him. Yes. Just, like... Uh, just so many colors and lights and really well done. Really, really well and done. And like from everywhere, right? Like finger rockets, knee rockets, yeah. toe rockets, <laughs> lightning bolts from the chest, a shield around him and a rainbow beam from his eyes. Like there is not a single part of him other than his wang that doesn't have some kind of projectile coming from it. Yeah. I mean, that was just a cut shot. Uh. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Google break real quick. <laughs> and I mean, that was like a five minute shot. It was so big. Most dangerous, deadliest Godzilla uh, opponent. Yeah. At this, by this point, like, I feel like King, King Gator doesn't even light a match next to him. He's just, he just seems so insanely powerful. And the only way they beat him is that. There's two monsters, and Godzilla gets super magnetic powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did give him a new power. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool that at the end of the show period, they snuck in, like, one more foe that ends up being basically his biggest rival. Like, I think, I mean, yeah. there's more, I don't know if there's more, but there, there's a lot of Mechagodzilla movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's more than King Ghidorah, but it kind of... Feels yeah. like almost like replacing King Ghidorah as his main bad guy. Yeah, in my head, I think of his major nemesis, King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah, uh, but then right after that is Mechagodzilla. And, and you're right, I maybe maybe you did an actual switched. analysis. I I could change my mind, but yeah, it's cool that he became such an iconic character. And he's so he's cooler than he has a right to be. Like in every movie, like in this one, he's or he doesn't even he isn't even a thing. Right, he like a an actual being. He's remote controlled by aliens that are conquering the earth in later ones. It's like the Japanese government trying to kill uh, Godzilla and some of them, whatever, like it's usually a a weapon of like a government. He has no right for me to think he's cool. He represents everything I hate. And I think he's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. He's trying to kill a monarchy. It's, it's good. I mean, it's just good design. It's good. You know, it's cool to have someone like just so overpowered. Yes. Yeah. You know, appear yeah. On, on screen. It- Apparently, they went to Sekizawa and asked him for a new uh, screenplay. And he was like, no, there's no more monsters left. We're done. And then someone like mentioned, like, what about like a, some kind of mechanical monster? And Sekizawa was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe there's a couple monsters left. Um, <laughs> yes. And then this was uh, Sekizawa's final ever screenplay. It's also Fukuda's final, I don't know if his final movie or his final Godzilla movie. but Yeah, definitely his final Godzilla. But but they went out on a, a bit of a bang. So I love the scene when Mechagodzilla is destroying the refinery. It's so fucking cool. Dude, that scene's awesome. Godzilla's entrance in that though like how did Godzilla get inside of a building and why was he inside of a building 
<laughs> is that what it was? Yes. I thought he was just like crouched down and he just stood up but okay he was inside of a building 100 <laughs> percent inside of a building it's not totally unprecedented for him to come up from underground like that has happened before uh, mothra versus godzilla yeah. yeah true it's possible but that's because he was buried by a tidal oh, wave that's true it's not like he yeah. was digging that's true Maybe they just, he was sleeping. They built it over him. They probably <laughs> rebuilt it. Maybe Angris dug a hole for him. Yeah. Boom. They've had to build that refinery over and over and over again. And <laughs> once Godzilla was there and they're just like, fuck it. We're going to have to do this again anyways. Totally. Uh, speaking of uh, Mechagodzilla being overpowered, when Godzilla is spewing spewing streaming blood and has missiles like sticking out of him it's a pretty awesome moment because you're really seeing this guy that like every fight for the last umpteen amount of movies has been like kind of a silly joke and you know how it's going to end and this is like him being very vulnerable yeah i did think him pushing the uh missiles out of him looked pretty bad yes. that was one of the, yeah. the few moments where i was like oh could have worked a little harder on that one, but because they just kind <laughs> totally. of like flopped to the ground. There's no momentum. <laughs> That's true. I I really liked the um the fact that they instead of just kind of doing wrestling moves, they used their surroundings. Like in the uh, I couldn't keep track of which one was which for all of it, but in the refinery, one of them like punches a smokestack and it falls into the other one. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Yeah, talking about um, it's like fighting effects. When Angris and Mechagodzilla do their fight, and just like the first move by Mechagodzilla is just like kicking, I forgot, I was hitting or kicking Angris, and he just fucking goes flying into a bridge. He, he just fucking punts him so far. <laughs> fucking gnarly. He got so owned. Like, yeah. is he dead now? Like, I can't remember if he's in terror of Mechagodzilla, but his face got ripped open i know we've seen him die like three times now and i feel like oh shit is he really dead i'm not worried about him i think he's gonna (laughs) he's gonna come back because you know hell yeah he is he is a tortured soul but he is a is uh always hanging on by a thread and that's part of the torture yep yeah (laughs) no god will not let him die that is Uh that is part of the problem we must imagine Angiris happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do y'all want to talk about these aliens? They are the uh, black hole planet number three aliens. Yeah. Great. Is this what Soundgarden based their sound their song on? Black hole planet, won't you come? <laughs> come ape away the pain. <laughs> Is that the lyric? I don't know Soundgarden at all. Do they say it's Black Hole Sun, the... won't you come? It's Black Hole Sun and Take Away the Band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought, you're really onto something here. <laughs> I gotta say, their lair is fucking swanky. The, the way the holding cell is designed, like, how did they find a room to fill, film in that looked like that? Who would design a room in such a way? fascinating it was I mean, such a weird room you'd have to be in a ape alien from the black hole dimension to think the way to make that design that room i they're like they lock him in the room and they're like 
enjoy your final night or whatever, and then turn on the heat that's, like, so slow of a way to kill them. (laughs) And I love it's, like, a few... It's, like, way too long into that. The guy's like, oh, shit, I think they're trying to hurt us. (laughs) (laughs) None of it made sense. It's kind of crazy how uh, these aliens from another dimension who have this super powerful, insane robot with an infinite amount of just incredibly powerful weaponry and missiles, and yet they just carry around pistols with silencers. I think even in one scene, he only has like a knife or something when he's trying to steal something. (laughs) They're trying to appear human, right? (laughs) Yeah, but... (laughs) Still, you think they can make a banana-like weapon that's but, more powerful? But they're also they don't know how to fix Mecha Godzilla. That's the other weird thing yeah, about oh, it. Yeah, is that like wait they're what? they're not they're ill-equipped for this task. They came with a yes. giant robot, and they just hoped it was going to work. And then when it got a little bit disrupted. They're like, we got to find a scientist who knows about space I know technology. What, I know what happened. They These are the military apes. They left the nerd apes behind and forgot to bring nerd apes with them. Who, you know what I mean? They're like, nerd apes, build this neck. Okay, we'll take it. We're good. And then... Yeah, 100%. I, I sort of took it like... um, You know that sort of like adage about star wars where it's just like a universe of tinkerers like no one there's no like hard sciences ever discussed in star wars but they're like they're have achieved light speed or whatever and it's just because they've just like tinkered their way to light speed that's sort of what it feels like with mechlorians with yeah (laughs) It's sort of what it feels like with Mechagodzilla is that they just like accidentally did this once and and when it broke, they're like, oh, shit. (laughs) They've just been like working on this thing in their backyard and suddenly it was like like shooting a bunch of missiles and like, oh, cool. But then, yeah, now they need somebody to reverse engineer it. And I think Rabbit's right where uh, this is supposed to be a really ultimate commentary on uh, the military wing versus uh more thinkers and the military thinking that they they have it all under control always all the time yeah this is the apes have not met gotten to like 2020s levels of human advancement if you know what i mean like they haven't started recruiting people from call of duty yet so there's no nerd uh jock overlap going on no. uh... they're recruiting extras from uh <laughs> Planet of the Apes franchise. <gasps> Which is definitely why they were apes, right? There's not any yeah. reason other than ape movies that's, were, that's what were I mean. popular. That's, that's the people they're recruiting. It's just extras from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it was very weird. I mean, again, I, I watched this like as a little kid and when the the apes were revealed, it was that was like a deeply unsettling thing to me that there were potentially just ape men walking around and i <laughs> it's also weird because it's just they're revealed just by being wounded or dying or being wounded yeah and they're i mean revealed... i, I kind of get to dying but like what if they just stub their toe are they gonna yeah. be like <laughs> all of a sudden they're gonna be apes and like oh shit <laughs> also like what technology do they have where the like their ape heads are bigger than their human heads like what <laughs> is happening there and but... then 
if they're revealed to be an ape, like just their head, they start walking like an ape. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and grunting. They can't talk anymore yeah. either. Yeah. Throwing chairs. I will say the, especially the first time, but throughout the transition from human face to ape face looked really cool. I love the like psychedelic squiggly colors that came. Yeah. Like they, they, mm-hmm. I, they easily could have done that tried and true effect they've been doing forever where it's like four pictures and it's like woo, 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 and blurs between them. But instead they chose to do some artistry and I, you know, this movie has more little touches like that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dug their transition from human to ape. It's pretty cheesy, but uh, in my opinion, still, it's it's fun. The one of my main questions that doesn't matter doesn't matter. This is one of those questions doesn't need to be answered. But I thought it was very funny that the the first time we we see an ape revealed is because he shot this ape in the face, and yes. and he kept on rolling. He just kept on fighting. Uh, and yes. running, and yeah. every other ape was a one-shot kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice, too, how the, the head guy, uh, who was the head ape, Kuronuma, um, the Supreme Commander, he held uh, the guy who plays Dr. Serizada, Harada, up with a gun, but he held it to his chin? Oh. No. That's how he held him up. Like, he held it to his chin. It was like you better tell me the shit or I'll kill your daughter. Like, you better help. And it's like the guns are just held up to his chin. And it is a kind of future looking gun, by the way. Not a modern Yeah, it looks like gun. a ray gun. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us are apologists. Maybe apes have their brains and their chins. True. That's true. But we are apes, don't forget. Uh, oh, that's true. true. We did talk that's about true. that. Just one generation moves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that they had black blood, at least mm-hmm. in their neck. We only saw neck blood. Jesus. It's black. <laughs> And that was like insane. Yeah. <laughs> so like much. a fucking fountain of black blood. <laughs> that was so yes. cool. What a great idea. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it was like they Man, really did Sam Raimi direct this? <laughs> they embraced blood. I loved it. Uh also their costumes that had like like they looked like your typical metal looking spandexy, like or like uh one piece. What what is that called? They, it was the Space Brother outfit. You know, it's yeah, the the jumpsuit. Exactly. Yeah, the jumpsuit. But it, it one's the onesie, if you will. Yes. Uh, but they had big, like, metal feather things hanging down. You know what I mean? Like, on the bottom of the arms and on the bottom of the shirt were, like, these big, fat things. I don't know how to describe them other than feathers that were very unique looking. Yeah. I don't remember that. Most of them had that like weird silver on their face oh the main commander the most over his eye he had like blackish silver around Mm -hmm. his eye yeah not the not the mustachioed man creeping Mm -hmm. on them um earlier what was that about i don't know space metal space yeah it's possible yes space metal or space titanium poisoning space titanium yeah it's so funny to me that this like professor they bring stuff to is like Oh yeah, the space titanium. Just we know as about space I titanium. suspected. And then he's like, "Yeah, it's space titanium." So obviously, the the Mecha Godzilla is being controlled by aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you just... knew what space titanium was, so you've encountered it before. He also, are you an alien? He didn't even have like hand to hand contact with that Godzilla. As soon as it lost the Godzilla skin, he's just like, "Oh yeah, space." Just visually, he's just like space titanium. 
Controlled by an alien cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> also, why we're getting into characters, but this guy, uh, Miyajima, who, this professor, why would you want to make your pipe, a, a your smoking device, a thing that, when uh, unattached, is able to destroy positive and negative electrodes? Like, they didn't even try... Just in case. <laughs> You're right, sorry. <laughs> He's just... Make a I pipe, mean, make all the cool pipes. You could just have it be a regular thing where it can't destroy anything, or you can have it be a pipe that can <laughs> destroy destroy a, positive negative electrons. I, I, I wrote I down... I which one I'd prefer. I, I wrote down that um, I don't understand what this pipe does, but I feel quite confident that it is going to save the day at the end of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's Chekhov's... Uh, Chekhov's pipe. Chekhov's space pipe <laughs> do y'all think that making something you can get high off of and also destroy positive and elect and, and negative electrodes is what he got the nobel prize for <laughs> <laughs> yeah and was it the he, nobel he peace the... prize because he had a pretty sick piece am i right oh that was off the cuff just now yeah, yeah there we go i'm here all week you didn't write that one down no i didn't i just came up with it wow other characters are there any other notes that we haven't gone over on any characters that you wanted to talk about uh that main interpool um agent is very sexy except for he's always sweating <laughs> and he it's, is... not a sex, it's not a sexy amount of sweat i thought it was really funny that he was trying to be sneaky while smoking indoors yeah well i that was one of that was one of the the first time I thought about we have doubles is we have yeah. two intruders on the archaeologist and we have one guy who's incredibly paranoid and uh, not cool and not collected. And then this other intruder comes up just smoking a cigarette, just like wandering sunglasses around, inside. sunglasses indoors, <laughs> not a care in the world. And I'm like, OK, yeah. something is going on here. Yeah. Good call. That guy did make me want to smoke a cigarette. I've not had a cigarette in quite a long time, and I was watching Congrats. him smoke. And I'm like, he, he looks so cool. He was so <laughs> cool. Okay, he, he reminded me of just like a a guy from um uh, like a Japanese psych rock band. Just uh, yeah, that's exactly what he looked like. What's that band? Like like La Reliza de Nunes? I don't know them. Reliza. They're like a psych. You'd really like them. Uh. Psych noised out um, rock band from the seventies, right just up like Velvet Underground meets Noise. He was, I mean, very confusing character because Interpol yes. does not do that. Interpol does not have agents; uh, <laughs> they can't arrest anyone. Okay, Interpol doesn't do that. Who does do that, Barto? <laughs> Who does fight the alien? apes the people in the basement of the fbi right oh. right 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 uh, people by the name of scolder and mully yeah like is this the first interpol we've had in these movies i think so because they come I back thought i thought we did i have a vague not feeling. during like um one of king Ghidorah's first appearances i don't think so for some reason i thought we did in one of those first couple appearances maybe even your first episode of this i wonder i mean it's probably just random but it's interesting that we're talking about these like global political issues of like japan and okinawa versus 
United States, like the Japan is thinking about the fact that they're on this global stage. And then suddenly you have like the first inter-country uh, police agency that's the one checking it out. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, I was thinking about it. I'm like, as I was watching it, I was not thinking about Mechagodzilla as like an analog for the U.S. military. And so I'm thinking like, how is this even an international incident? Like, what is happening here that draws them in? But it right? kind of does track that like we have this i guess i'm gonna in quotes neutral arbiter between japan and the united states being the one to like investigate what the u.s military is doing on okinawa interesting but they've been on the case for over six months so i'm thinking they're on the case of the aliens not on the case of mechagodzilla Right, but I, I, I guess I mean the aliens and Mechagodzilla as, you know, this occupying force on... Yeah, Mechagodzilla is just the weapons of yeah. the U.S. The the aliens are... Um, I just want to point out, since this is our know. first time maybe talking about Interpol. So Interpol was started in 1923, but the two predecessors to Interpol were in 1851, the Police Union of the German States which was a collection of German-speaking states that were trying to stop political dissidents and criminals, and the 1898 Anti-Anarchist Conference of Rome, which brought delegates from 21 European countries to create a formal structure for addressing the international anarchist movement because so many anarchists were assassinating so many leaders. And Interpol grew out of those conferences and some more stuff, but I just feel like it's really crazy that... uh, a big influence for the first ever joint like multi-country police forces because anarchists wouldn't stop assassinating people. We used to really scare people. Yeah. But um because they're assassinating so many leaders and here Interpol is trying to stop this oh. group from killing off this royal bloodline. Oh. Yeah. Saying, they're saying. dead royal people. I got <laughs> It's also backwards, right? Interpol wouldn't be thematically it doesn't work. Interpol wouldn't be trying to stop the US. That's the last thing Interpol would ever do. Right. I don't know why they picked Interpol. Yeah, it's very confusing to me. Um it feels really random and they've never done it before that I can remember. Although I do I feel like I'm with you, Charlie. I feel like we've talked about them one other time, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, or maybe it was something like Interpol. I don't know. I mean, the UN has been around, but Yes. Yes. And I feel like there was a while where the UN was like a force for good in a lot of these movies. I feel like maybe Japan was getting excited about the idea that they'd be on a world stage with other superpowers and like the UN would be helping them because they were so economically fucked and shit for a long time. So maybe Interpol's kind of a stand in for that, you know, like this, this hoping that there's a greater good out there outside of like the countries that they're having anxieties about. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people thought that the UN would keep people like the U S and Soviet union in check. And that didn't really pan out. Is there any other character stuff y'all were excited about or had points you wanted to talk about? Were you excited to see any old actors? I got stoked on the Mothra guy. Yeah. It was nice to see like some familiar faces. Um, you know, the one other 
weird character thing. And I'm, I keep forgetting her name, but the Okinawan woman, I, I looked at, Nami, Nomi. yes. Uh, yeah. I looked at the time clock when she started singing and I'm like, there is 15 minutes left of this movie. And we are doing like a four minute song to, <laughs> to get the final fight in. And I thought this is, this is, I, you know, I don't hate this song, but it's it, uh, kind of a drag before 10 minutes of fight. Hearing this song reminded me of uh, Charlie, the fact that like when you were trying to watch the movies to try to decide if you wanted to do the podcast, that you just happened to watch all movies that had songs in it, including this yeah. one. You're like, I guess every Godzilla movie has a song. Yeah. Because this one's out of nowhere. There hasn't been a song in a while. And then I watched a movie called um, Blood Hook. Anyway, it's a horror movie where one of them makes a joke like, Oh, this isn't a Japanese movie where you can just sing a song and summon a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, like re- that just affirms everything that I've That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in terms of characterization, I, I, I really think that's probably this movie's biggest flaw is just none of the characters, they all just blend together for me and there's so many of them. And there yeah, none really of them can do anything, anything really particularly distinct among them, except maybe the except, Interpol agents. Yeah, like, I was going to say, except for the Interpol agents, he's really sexy. Tonight's a fine time for romance. Is a great line. <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. bonkers. What a weird thing <laughs> totally. to say in that situation. <laughs> yes, that's him, like trying to throw off the suspicion that he shot the guy. <laughs> like, oh, is that what that was? That makes it make so much more sense to me that he's just like i'm just hanging out yeah (laughs) but he had already like introduced himself to one of them on the plane so like they already know shit's weird he'd been like he introduced himself as a muckraker who was interested in the statue he wanted scoops yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) i thought it was so speaking of like uh, so it's keisuke and seiko on the on the boat, which, by the way, I felt like they had some sponsorship because they're like, who would have thought we'd take the Queen? What was it? The Queen Royale or something? Like, oh, I, in mine, they just said that we'd switch boats or something. Yeah, oh, that's man. what mine said. In mine, they said the name of the boat. And in the big action bill thing, they talked about like how weird it is that they kept showing shots of the boat logo and oh, mentioning yeah. the boat. Hmm. Um, But I don't know. It was so weird to me. You have this archaeologist who stole this thing, right? But, you know, she thinks it's hers. They, whatever. It's her thing, the statue that she's bringing around. And then Keisuke makes a fake one, hides it, and doesn't tell her. Like, what a dick move. It's her whole thing. You're just there. (laughs) That's his second lie to her. Or his second omission of truth, I guess. Oh, yeah. The other one was the uncle. Yeah. Didn't tell her that they were going to the same house. I mean... The uncle thing was just kind of fun. Yeah, but tied in with the statue thing, now I'm looking back at the uncle thing of like, do you just like get off on this shit? <laughs> is this am I gonna find out there's a fake uncle and that other uncle is your Miyajima is your uncle? I don't remember at the time of the statue, did did they know that they were that someone was like coming after it? The aliens. Yeah. They they knew someone had already broken into their house to try That's and right. steal it. And, Which is okay. why they were like, they'll never think we took a boat. 
But yeah, it's kind of weird that he didn't tell her. Yeah. Like, I can't trust you to not tell the aliens. And it's like, this is, like, what if something happened and you, like, got knocked out? Like, this guy's coming yeah. after you, you died. Then she's an archaeologist presenting a fake statue to people? Like, it's just <laughs> a dick move. Yeah, I think this is, I think you're right. This is, like, a fetish or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a bad statue. I heard there is a deleted scene where he came up with the idea to make Mechagodzilla look like Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> this is another uh, thing that doesn't need to be answered, but when the when they blew up the the la- or the the base, they ran out a front door of a building. Like they didn't come out of a cave. They came out of a front door of a building, and I thought, why does this base also have a front door? Why were you sneaking in a cave? I don't. When you when they ran out, like to blow it up, like they they put they used their magic pipe and they made the thing blow up, and then they ran out, and then they're just standing outside of a building. They don't like show them going through doors, but. Is this is this after they had the car blew up and then they went back? They the car blew up and then they went back and then they they took it out and then they left again and they were just like standing outside a building. I'm like, where the hell are you? Why is there why did you take the hard way into this base if there's just a door? But totally, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's because I had fun. No, yeah, that's I didn't notice that. That's a trip. And that scene with the with a car bomb. We just had a similar scene like two movies ago. Yeah, and Gigan, which is kind of funny. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Aliens yeah. know one trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'm looking at is uh, in terms of kind of fun facts is uh, all of the Planet of the Apes movies were hits in Japan. Really? So, yeah. The yeah. Four of them had come out by now. Five of them, I think. Oh, I read Well, four. in my book, it said all four sequels to Planet of the Apes. Oh, that might have been where, what I where read. All four sequels were hits, which were implied. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think yeah. you're right. But they also could have just written it wrong because it's kind of a... I said you're right, Charlie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also Super Riot Produc- Productions would then soon after do like a, a mini series slash movie Planet of the Apes inspired thing. So oh, yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that this was Planet of the Apes inspired. Definitely. The, I really want to cover some Planet of the Apes at some point. We could do that. I love all the original I've movies. not seen any of them. I've only seen the original. Don't tell Bartow what happens at the end. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, I watched her a few years ago, uh, all the original ones, and then either one or two of the new ones. And I, I wasn't into those as much, so I kind of dropped out. My last little point that I wanted to throw in before awards is that i think waking up after a many maybe thousand hundreds at least of years long nap doing 10 minutes of work and then promptly going back to bed is like a dream job for me that yeah, sounds i mean great. respect someone sings you a little song you rise and shine you kick <laughs> ass you go back to bed. Yeah, someone else does the the majority of the work. Yeah, in uh, what you woke up to do. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Zero eating though. That's true, but you know, if I could just nap, that's okay. All right, who wants to go first? Dumb cop of the week. 
the either of the Interpol agents because that is not their job. <laughs> Oops, did a different job. I would say the opposite. Smartest cop of the week, the Interpol agents for uh, doing a much more fun task than what their <laughs> actual job would be. We can't have a Smartest Cop of the Week award. We have enough awards. <laughs> Charlie, would you have a Dumb Cop of the Week? I guess Godzilla. Harsh. Kill your idols. Kill your idols. <laughs> yeah, totally. Kill your or idols. Fight your heroes. Um, he shows up to fight Mechagodzilla. When Mechagodzilla's uh, burning down the oil refinery. He shows up again when is going after the royal family. Preach. Preach. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's good. So to me, the biggest cops in the movie were the aliens, and the, I'm going to give it to the alien who fell for the second time for someone saying the password who wasn't one of them. <laughs> like, first they give the password, they let him in, they knock him out. Then they keep the password the same, and they go through, and they're like, who is there? Maybe it's not the password, it's the guy's name, and then they use the same name, go in, knock him out again. I don't um, even remember the password stuff. I don't remember any of that. Anytime they were in the cave, they would go to the door and it was like, who's that? And they said a name or something. Maybe it wasn't a password. And that's how they got them to open the door. And then they did it again. And it worked the second time, too. I did not remember that. But I'll agree with you because it does sound very stupid. Yeah, it was. It was kind of dumb. Definitely dumb. Praxis Award? King Caesar is is my anti-imperialist mammalian kaiju, you know, hero for this movie i i firmly you know i agree i agree with the critique that at some level he's protecting the royal family but i like to think that he's he's looking out for the good people of okinawa against all threats you know a big monster comes out to protect biden during a war he's also protecting tons of uh <laughs> people in um uh baltimore I mean, I feel protected by the Secret Service all the time. <laughs> um, Charlie, do you got one? Mac Godzilla, burning down oil refinery, going after <laughs> yes, the royal family. Just love it. Uh, my Praxis Award goes to Keisuke Shimizu for not going to work for the majority of the movie. First, he's working on this marine exhibit, and there's like, all these, they found a cave, all these reporters there. He's got, like, we have this work to do. You have to get out of here. And then suddenly he's just on an adventure. Doesn't even call out. <laughs> going around, doing whatever he yeah, wants for I days. I did not even know what his job was. No, me neither. So. <laughs> but he had a helmet and a uniform and it was gone. He didn't give a fuck. But we could also say, possibly, the Interpol agents is that <laughs> was their job. They're not going to work. Yeah, but they were trying to work like fucking bootleggers. <laughs> Um, my other Praxis Award was uh, also, I think it's Casey. whoever returns the pipe to the guy, that's practice. You find somebody's pipe, you don't take it. Even if it's a really cool pipe, you give it back. <laughs> can I give that guy his pipe? Can I add how funny it is that they added his initials to to the pipe? Yeah, because to make sure we knew. Yeah, like this, the, <laughs> the weirdest looking pipe you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it's not... Couldn't not anyone else's really weird looking pipe. It's yeah, his specifically. They're, they're lucky that the apes only had the soldiers uh, come on the mission because otherwise, one of the smarter scientist apes might be like, "Hey, why don't we just change these initials?" <laughs> <laughs> also, they were in thick 
thick red paint and you never saw them. They were holding the pipe every angle. They are not <laughs> no, on that yeah. pipe. <laughs> that was an afterthought. They're like, oh, maybe people won't know what this pipe is. We should add totally. some Totally. Nobody's going to notice this weird-ass pipe we've mentioned six times. Uh, Favorite shots? The initials on the pipe. Hell no, yeah. Uh, Solid. The... Mechagodzilla's enormous array of weapons with big band jazz playing in the background was so satisfying. Hell yeah. There's a shot during the final fight where Mechagodzilla has his head turned around. And oh, so yeah. there's King Caesar behind him, Godzilla in front of him. The shot starts out from over Godzilla's shoulder. It comes in closer and closer to Mechagodzilla. And when it gets right past Mechagodzilla, it turns around. And then looks back over Mechagodzilla at God at Godzilla, and that was just like a super sophisticated shot. Um, it was really cool looking and just a really impressive shot that you don't really get a lot of. Hell yeah, I got a few. The fire reflected on the car windshield when the characters are looking out at the fight at the uh, refinery. That was cool. The giant Mechagodzilla when people are walking by below his feet. That was so cool for Showa era. Like it was clear how they did it, but it looked the scale was awesome. The scale didn't quite make sense. He was way too big, but it was really cool. Godzilla roaring while lightning is striking around him and he's glowing then and sparks are flying. We barely touched on the fact that he gets this new magnet power. Yeah. But that, that was another one of my shots, was that, that shot right there. Hell yeah. And a simple one, but when they're on the boat and Keisuke and Ikuko are... Or no, it's... Sorry, Keisuke and Seiko are looking at each other and there's water passing by and it's a long dialogue shot where they're both talking and I was just like stoked that they were kind of putting care into making this look like a good real movie again. Uh, It felt very refreshing after the last six or so Showa films. Yeah. I mean, like the shot I mentioned, it was like a really impressive shot. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, also, I think you'll both agree with me. Uh, the entire scene at the oil refinery, just uh, like the black skies with the just fire popping out of it. Yes. Very visually awesome. Yeah. Looked great. Super cool. It's a pretty good looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they made a movie again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yes. though the Hedora like was definitely like a movie too, but it still didn't look as perfect professionally done as this movie did like that one had a vision and it like committed to that vision and i thought it was really cool and fun to watch and that's the best one this is the best one since then definitely um wait since which one uh hedora is that it okay yeah i and that one was so weird like, this is the first one that felt like the Godzilla I want to see that I'm expecting to see. Right. Not like I love Hedorah more than this movie, but it felt the most like professional since like uh, Astro Monster. Yeah. Um, it felt like care was really action. It wasn't like obviously Hedorah is like the weird outlier, but they just mm-hmm. kept feeling like, how can we do this cheap? And this is like, how can we do this cool? And they made some missteps. I wish we had less characters. I wish we had character arcs. But it's fucking like care was put into it and you can feel it. Like Mechagodzilla is so fucking cool. Like 
Yeah. I love all the Mechagodzillas, but I don't know if you can beat this design. It's so cool. Oh, some of the, I think some of the Heisei ones, really, really fun and uh, inventive and exciting looking. But yeah, and, and just totally. in, this is like, it, it's also just the the one in, in how we're first introduced him is like very of its, feels very of its time of like, yes. this is what a robot looks like. Yeah, I guess it just feels so timeless. Like yes. some of the other ones, I love all of them. It's hard to rank them, but some of the other ones feel like, oh, that made sense for the 90s. And this one feels like obviously it's retro, but it's just really, it just has a lot of character is all. Yeah, it's, there's charm. Yeah. Y'all want to rate this motherfucker? Yeah. Uh, I made y'all do the awards first, so I'll do the rating first. I'm going to give this a solid B. Solid B Godzilla film for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I was planning to give it. Yeah, this is a B. Hell yeah. A B for King Caesar Boner. <laughs> I was going to say for Buzz and Bees, but if you want to be that kind of a podcast, we can be that kind of a podcast. <laughs> uh,. Y'all got anything else before we close it out? Uh, when when the professor left and decided to go back to the to the cave to take care of the aliens, he said he went back because he, even if it was to save my daughter, I helped them. I made a pact with the devil, which the devil being another dark opposite of God, Zilla. Whoa. Good night. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and you can rate us there. If that's where you listen, give us five stars and a review. Please actually do that. Take two seconds. Be so cool of you. Just say, I I love Mechagodzilla and that's all you got to do. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you can shame archaeologists. Like, fuck stealing all that shit. We didn't even talk about that shit. Why she just stealing that shit? That's not her shit. That's the Okinawan shit. She's just like, this is my shit. I'm taking that shit. That's not her shit. Tell them it's not their shit. It's not their shit, okay? And Uncle Brian, if you're listening to this, I know you do great work with the Ankos. I'm really sorry. But fuck off, dude. Don't do it. A scam. I mean, the only scam is thinking we have a right to complain if we don't work our tukuses off getting the right guys. <laughs> a scam. Sorry, the, the only scam is thinking we have a right to complain. <laughs> I can't, dude. Okay. Yeah, you can. <laughs> a scam. The only scam is thinking we have a right to complain if we don't work our tukuses off getting the right guys. <laughs> I can't do it. You can say butts. Oh, I gotta do it, though. I gotta do it. I just gotta, okay, I have to, like, not look at y'all, and I have to put my head head in in the mode of if I actually believe this.